when I'm working with businesses where we're growing through through mergers, most of the time um, they've got a plan. They are they don't have a plan. <laughs> they have a goal, and so their goal is, oh, I want to grow this business through mergers and eventually exit. All right, welcome to the Productize My Service podcast. Today's guest is Ace Chapman of AceChapman.com. He runs a series of private equity funds, um, looks at over 500 deals per year and invests in over 100. Um, And the reason we brought Ace on, and again, this specific interview is an excerpt of one of the many interviews from our Design to Exit course, where we help you build, scale, design um, a sellable uh, service business that you can sell even if you never want to. Um, So if you're interested in that, definitely check out um, the Design to Exit course. Uh, But Ace's conversation today was incredible, and I wanted to share this with everyone because he dropped some good um, nuggets of wisdom, um, ideas to be thinking about from his perspective on, again, what makes a valuable service business. As an investor, what does he look like? How can you put yourself in his shoes um, to proactively um, create something that's really attractive um, from an investor's standpoint? Um, so I'm excited to dive in, break down, and learn uh, what Ace has to say um, when it comes to building a scalable and sellable service business. Let's dive in. All right. Welcome to an ep- another episode of Productize My Service interview series. Today, I am joined with Ace Chapman of acechapman.com. Uh, welcome, man. What's up, man? I am very glad to be here. No, I'm as well. And this is exciting because this series we're kind of doing right now is touching a lot on how to build a valuable service business, what investors are actually looking for when buying a service business, what are the things you should be thinking about, and uh, out of all the people I know, I mean, this is uh, very well in your wheelhouse because um, this is really all you do every day all in I and do. out, right? Every day. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Whether I'm working on the buy side or working on the, the sales side, you know, a lot of that, that comes to play. And I love this conversation. Most of the time I'm talking about buying. Uh, because most of my clients, I'm helping them do acquisitions or they're a business and I'm helping them grow through mergers. And when I'm working with businesses where we're growing through through mergers, most of the time um, they've got a plan. They are they don't have a plan. <laughs> they have a goal. And so their goal is, oh, I want to grow this business through mergers and eventually exit. And when you know we break down, okay, how much do you want to exit? Um, a lot of times they have a, a figure in mind, but the the path that they're headed down isn't aligned with, with that end goal. And so um, helping people get some clarity around that and helping people start to, to mold their business into the business that's going to attract buyers in the range that they want to exit um, is, a, is a conversation I, I like having. Nice, man. And to kind of set the stage a little bit, do you mind just giving just like a brief background um, on, yeah, how you got started doing this and kind of what you actually do day to day right now? Yeah. So 20 years ago, uh, back in 99, there was a stock market simulator that I was using as a member 
Um, and I reached out to them to intern for, for them because the business was just been run very poorly. Customer service was terrible, all of that. And when I reached out to them, they said, we moved on to another project. We want to sell this. Um, you know, let us know if you know anybody who wants to buy it. And that became just the, the first time that I even considered the fact that, oh, profitable businesses sell. And, you know, I didn't think that I was going to be the buyer, but I was just curious and slash nosy about how much <laughs> money they were making, uh, you know, all, how much they wanted to sell it for. And so once they told me they wanted to sell it for 60000 they wanted to sell it for 70000 they was making 6000 I was like, okay, you know, I'm paying 120000 for for college or I was on scholarship, but that's how much my college costs. And I had friends that were graduating for $40,000 jobs. So that was my comparable. And uh, I just kept, I couldn't let go of the idea of buying this business. And so long story short, after getting them to finance half of it, uh, getting a buddy of mine who came from a wealthy family to invest 15,000 and using credit cards for the rest, I ended up wow. buying that business. And that uh, kind of thrust me into this world of uh, realizing that, you know, every day we pass businesses and we never think about the fact that there are only three ways that that business is going to, the story of that business is going to end is for the owner. You know, either the business is going to go out of business, uh, that owner is going to sell to uh, somebody else, or they're going to pass it down to their kids. And so that's the case for every single business. And what that means is there's a lot of opportunities out there uh, for the folks that want to, to buy and a lot of competition out there for the business owners that eventually want to sell. Yeah, and how many deals, I mean, now, I mean, currently you essentially buy and sell and help people buy and sell businesses now. How many deals do you kind of look at per year, you think? Look at over 100 a month. So oh, about wow. 1,200 a year and close, um, usually about 50. This year, just there's been a lot of, of action. In the last month, we've closed five, uh, but usually, you know, for my own portfolio, I'm buying a dozen, 12 to 15, and then I'm, I'm helping other folks with uh, another 30 to 40. But this year for my own portfolio, like I said, those, those five are just for my, for my own portfolio in, in the last month or so. so uh, with everything going on, there's been a lot, a lot more opportunities this year. Yeah, geez, can't even imagine. Um, what do you? I mean, I was kind of curious, just for the listeners as well. Like, what do you enjoy most about this? Like, buying, selling businesses. Like, what keeps you kind of motivated to to do this? Um, it's definitely changed over the years. So I started out as um, you know, basically, kind of that that self employed person. So I was running the business and, you know, doing all the work and I was the only employee and then eventually graduated to um, being in a few different businesses where I've got managers that are taking care of the day to day. I'm helping out with the, you know, more strategic and, and uh, guiding the, the business and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, but I'm still, I was still kind of a manager. And then most recently, you know, I've, I've shifted and I'm really doing things from an investor perspective. So 
I manage uh, three private equity funds that that are doing a lot of these deals. So I'm saying, you know, we close five deals. It's in my different entities. Um, and some are strategic, some are just financial. But I, I think that's been a big key. You know, if I was just buying and, and selling uh, businesses kind of in that self-employment mode, uh, I don't think I would enjoy that anymore. But, um, you know, being in that investor role, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It, it, it. It's a very different thing. It's, it's more of being a capital allocator than it is anything else. A lot of the audience, um, I'd like, I'd love to shift us a little on, um, obviously we're productized services, service businesses who are looking to productize. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on just the whole productized service kind of industry? I wanted to get kind of your feedback there. And a lot of these deals you're looking at, I'm assuming are all over the board, or do you spe specify or search out a certain type of business model, whether it's software, e-com, or are you guys trying to invest kind of in different spots? Yeah. So first of all, love productized service businesses. Um, we do all kinds of deals. So we're buying everything from e-commerce to FBA to SaaS to um, content. And, you know, for, for each one of those businesses, a lot of what we're focused on is the strategic value. And this is important for, um, you know, anybody who's listening that does want to have an exit one day. What you're looking for from the very beginning is who's going to be my end buyer. And that's a mistake that I think a lot of people make is they don't want to think of their business um, as the product that it is. And, you know, I think when you're considering building a, a business, in addition to internally in that business, thinking about marketing your product, who feeling, you know, as, as we all know, you know, coming up with who is my target audience and yeah. having a avatar for that. Um, you know, a lot of what, what we end up being is a, a strategic buyer for the deals that we buy, which means in some cases we'll pay a premium for that business because as soon as we close that deal, we can plug it into one of our other businesses uh, where they have a, a database, where we have a database of customers that are already wanting that product or we can do a cross promotion to the database of the customers that, that we just acquired. And, and so uh, that's a, mainly what we're doing is acting as a strategic buyer, uh, which yep. doesn't mean that it, it could be that it's because it's a particular business model, but it also could be that it's a, in a particular niche. And so, you know, for, for, uh, for, for the, the people watching, I think that's an important thing to think about is, you know, for your business, who's the avatar of the person that's going to pay a premium for your business? What, um, I know I love that. I think having that as an end goal in mind makes a ton of sense. Um, what are some things that you would suggest, I think, service businesses, productized service business owners should be thinking about um, in order to make their service business more valuable and sellable down the road? The number one thing is understanding all of the assets that are in your business and trying to make them uh, more valuable assets. If your business um, has a podcast, 
trying to make that its own standalone uh, business and, and, you know, having advertisers, building an audience, really building that as this uh, cornerstone of trophy asset that just comes along with, with that business. If you have a customer database, doing the work to segment that, that database and uh, really being able to attach a dollar amount uh, that, that that database is, is worth. Um, so part of it is understanding all of the assets that are in your business that are that a lot of times we just think, okay, I've got to do this thing in my business. You know, one of the things that we're always focused on in the fund is we want to look at the expense of every business and try to figure out how do we turn those expenses into assets as well. So if you know, one of the things we did was buy, a, we noticed, okay, every business we own, they've got to have a bookkeeper. So we bought a bookkeeping business and instantly doubled the, the size of that booking, bookkeeping business. So we were buying that at a three multiple. Now we own this other uh, booking business that's grown and that becomes an asset. And so looking for those opportunities, I think is, is really valuable. You know, we did the same thing with an agency. Um, the second thing is you gotta have the SOPs. I think one of the things, especially with a productized service is um, you know, you miss out on a lot of potential buyers because they don't feel like it's plug and play. And the thing I'm always telling people is, you know, there's a whole market of, of, of franchises, tens of thousands of franchises that sell each year. And those people that are buying that franchise are buying that franchise from the perspective of, I'm going to pay a bunch of money up front. And then I've got to go out, find a location. I've got to hire all the employees, I've got to uh, train those employees. I've got to mm. do the pay for the build out. I've got to do all of these things. And again, a dollar one for six months. Then I've got another six months once the business opens that I'm just working like crazy to get to um, break even before I ever make a, a dollar of profit. And the reason they're willing to spend so much of that is what people really want is a system. And being able to buy that plug and play system is the real value. So for the, the average buyer, if somebody who has a product or service and they're like, hey, I have a complete um, SOP. I have systems in place for everything that, that could come up. I think that uh, is, a, is, is one thing that would set you apart from, because I look at a lot of businesses and most people don't have that franchise-like system in place. Wow. What, what do you think separates, I mean, because I actually haven't seen like a playbook or SOP from a franchise type business before. Um, how are those kind of structured? How, how should service businesses be yeah. thinking about that? Because on our end, it's like everyone uses, like, let's just say, throws everything in a Google Doc or something mm -hmm. like that. Like, how should maybe someone be thinking about creating, like, this asset of a, an SOP? Yeah. I, and so the, the actual mechanism, I don't, I, you know, I love Google Docs. I, I think that that's great. I think what you put into it and how well organized it is, is crucial. Okay. And so, you know, one of the things that we like to do is I, I will print it out because sometimes physical things just make a, a big difference. So especially when uh, I do offline deals and we're selling the business, I like to pull it out. 
And you know, one of the other tricks and 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 uh, you know that that really increases your value is to ask that that buyer, that potential buyer, what are you what are you most concerned about when it comes to this business? And uh, because a lot of a lot of sellers don't want to talk about the problems, you know, they don't want to talk about yeah. what the person's worried about. And so when that buyer says, "Well, I love that you have this manager." And, you know, they're great. I'm glad I know they're going to be able to do things. But what happens if something happens to her or she leaves and quits? Like, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what, what to do. And so when you're able to take that SOP and say, okay, well, let's go to the employee section. Let's go to the manager section. Let's uh, walk through it. And so, you know, let's say day one, she turns in her two week notice. Here's everything that you want to have her do during those two weeks. Here's the ad that we place to find her. Here's where we place that ad. Here's uh, the questions that we use to filter out the candidates that called. Uh, here are the nice. three people that are going to split up those tasks that she's doing right now that she'll train over the course of those two weeks that they already know enough to be able to do those parts of her job temporarily while you find that replacement. So you're able to quench a lot of those those fears, and they say, oh, "What are what are your other concerns?" They say, "Well, marketing." And so you turn over to the marketing page, and you're like, "Well, here's everything that we're doing right now. Here's what's working." And you know, and this is where creating value out of nowhere is so cool. Is that all of those things that you've tested and hasn't worked, those become a different section of the marketing. Uh, where you're showing, we, we placed an ad here. Here's the copy that we use. Here's the demo we targeted. Here's uh, the, the numbers. It did not work. And, but here's some things that you might try. Here's some reasons we think it might, might have worked. And so now you're saving them all of that time. And so for me, and that just gives you like a, a little bit, but it's just thinking through everything in your business, both good and bad, and building systems uh, around that. And so for, for me, when I'm, when I'm dealing with a, uh, a potential buyer of one of my businesses, one of the things that I ask immediately is how many other businesses have you gone through the process on? How many other businesses have you talked to and how many businesses have you done due diligence on? And if they say I'm the first one, I say, listen, before we even start this, I need you to go look at five other businesses because I need you to understand that none of these businesses have anything near what we have and that the premium that you pay for this is because you've got a lot more work to do once you buy those other businesses. One last sense. thing, because this is something that I'm sorry, I know, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think this is, this is a crucial thing. I think, you know, it's amazing to me and it's a mindset of understanding that your most important product is the business and the systems that you're going to sell like exits are the biggest wealth creator for business i mean for for uh wealthy people like you know people talk about real estate and stock market and all that like the biggest wealth creator is exits and so you want to pay attention to building something that's going to exit and i'm amazed the number of times i'm talking to a buyer and you know we we we're used to it, and that, that, that we get good deals because of it. But I'm talking to I'm talking to a seller, and I asked the seller how much 
uh, support do they want to give? And they're like, well, I'll give 30 days of support. And I'm like, okay, what about after that? And like, well, no, after that, I, I really want to move on to this other thing. It's like, dude, you have put years of your life into this business. And you have someone <laughs> yeah. that, that is going to come and buy this whole business. And in a lot of cases, they will literally give less customer service to the person that buys their business than the person that bought their service or product. Interesting. Yeah, that's a crazy thing to think about. I think earnout stuff. And I was talking to Chris Yates, who you know as well, and he kind of brought up some good points of like, because people, some people try to avoid earnouts, but that can actually be something you can leverage to add more value and limit the risk to the buyer. Um, so it can be looked at in different ways, essentially, is kind of your point as well. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'll, I'll give one more question. I know we got to run here, um, but wh where do service business owners kind of miss the mark most? Um, or no, actually, let me see here. Sorry. Um, what things specifically should someone be thinking about to increase the multiple when selling their business? Like what are those like levers that are the most high leverage um, for service businesses? So I will go ahead and answer, but I'll answer both really quickly. I know we got to run. So the, the thing that service businesses miss the most is um, taking on too much responsibility and too much work themselves. You know, I talk to people all the time just as a consultant in their business and when we're helping them through mergers and all that. And, and um, the, the biggest thing is just letting go of aspects of the business that there's an emotional tie to understanding that there may be a dip in the business, but that that dip is worth working on to, to bring back up and build systems around to make a stronger, more viable business for reasons that, that you know, are great for you and reasons that are great for being able to sell at a premium. I think on the other question of, you know, the, the, the couple of, um, uh, I think uh, points where you can create the most value. One is, yeah. I think, marketing. You know, it, when it comes to um, uh, a lot of service businesses, there's a tendency to network, build relationships, and get get business that way, which is great. You know, being involved in groups. You know, I know we're in a couple of groups together. Um, you know, and and uh, that kind of thing is really valuable. But it's, it's very tough to uh, sell. You know, what buyers want to see is just metrics. You know, we put this dollar in, a dollar fifty comes out. When you're telling the person, well, you should go join Dynamite Circle and you should be a part of the entrepreneur <laughs> organization. It's like all of that is bonus. That's great. Like, and, and that can be a part of the business. But for that to be a core of what creates the, the value um, is not a, it just makes the business less, uh, worth less. No, those are, that's a really, really good point, man. Yeah, it's like the predictability of, of the machine you've built. Um, I think that that's huge. Um, well, man, I know we had a little bit of a time crutch. I really appreciate coming on um, no and sharing some of these little nuggets of wisdom, man, and we'll have to continue the convo. Um, soon, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Ace. Talk soon.
Awesome, man. Let me know if you want to do uh, another one. All right, I definitely will. All right, later. See ya. All right. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you found the content valuable, here are two ways that I can help you actually completely free to grow and scale your service business. Number one, uh, just head over to productized.services and you'll be able to subscribe to our free weekly strategy newsletter. And number two, uh, get my productized playbook over at productizedplaybook.com. And this playbook is actually directly pulled from our recent Design to Exit course, one of the five playbooks. And we're giving away that for free um, where you get access to kind of see a full breakdown of essentially, yeah, how we think about productizing services, etc. Um, so definitely head over to productizedplaybook.com.